I want to introduce Iwana Tanasi. She's an accessibility program manager at Microsoft and an author. But today we're gonna to talk about her main passion project, which is shoemaking, which she describes as uh, she's on a mission to ban boredom one shoe at a time. So I wanna thank you so much for coming and sharing your passion with me today. Absolutely, and it's wonderful to be here and thank you for having me. So for those who haven't uh, heard about you or met you, can you talk about where you're from, who you are, and then how you got into shoemaking? Absolutely. So I'll do a uh, visual description of myself for those of you who might not see us right now. Um, I'm a white woman. I'm mid-30s. I have blondish curly hair, sort of, which looks really messy at the moment. And I was uh, joking with Jeremy that I just brushed my hair and that's the after effect. Um, so it looks all over the place. And I am working in my office. So there's a fern in the background and a couple of colorful whiskey bottles, which have their own story, but that's for another time. Um, I'm originally from Romania. I was born and raised there. And actually, um, five years ago, I moved to the UK and I'm living now in London. Um, and yeah, I'm, I am I like to wear a lot of hats. Um, and one of those hats is definitely shoemaking. So so what got you into shoemaking? Oh, God, uh, this this it's a long story. So, you know, hopefully it's not going to be a boring one. <laughs> I think I had the passion for shoes forever. And this is a true story. But my mom was telling me that my first word was the version of uh, boot in Romanian. Um, so basically it wasn't mom and dad, so none of them got angry because I didn't choose a favorite, but I definitely chose boot over both of them. Um, and that's because there was some sort of like red shoes in the room and I was pointing at them and going boot. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, I, I called out the woman that started it all, a pair of red boots. Um, but even as a kid, I remember I always like, shoes so if I saw like nice sandals on other kids or like there was something really shiny and colorful in shoes I would always be like mom 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 um and that stayed with me and as an adult I first started buying shoes um probably more shoes than one should have or one needs um but it was just a passion for the aesthetic really because I think what really attracts me about shoes is the aesthetic um and then over time, I thought, well, this is definitely something I'm really interested in, in the sense of I love the aesthetic. There's something about shoes that should be fun and playful. Um, and it's just empowering as well, because once you have that nice pair of shoes, you feel like you can conquer the world. Um, so I did a design course and I'm trying to kind of the dust bunny in my memory. It's like, when was it? Must have been three or four years ago. Um, and it was a weekend course, so I was obviously working full time, but I didn't know anything about the design elements of it. So did a design course, um, six weeks, it was so much fun. Um, also realized that I really cannot draw, but that's not an issue, um, because as long as you understand what you're putting on the paper, you're fine. Um, and after I did a design course, um, I started following shoemakers, so folks who are not necessarily brands that are mainstream but they actually do a, a shoe from the start um from start to end and just started to figure out how do you do this um and it was really different one of the things that i realized quickly is drawing a shoe or designing a shoe is very different from the actual shoe making itself and I started reaching out to them and trying to kind of get in touch and understand more about what they do. And some of them never responded and some of them did. 
Um, and I met a person who was a shoemaker in London and he was super nice and open to having a conversation with me. Um, so met him and kind of asked more questions about how do you do it and how is this made? And he turned out to be my life partner. So we've actually been together ever since. So, you know, awesome. It's a uh, life happens. And during pandemic, he was like, right, it starts, it's time for you to start. Like you've been talking about this for as long as I know you start. So he was the one to actually nudge me in terms of start somewhere. And the best place to start is actually deconstruct a shoe and learn the different components that they're made from and what do they entail. And then I started doing a, a classic shoe from the like the beginning to the end. And the reason I went with the classic shoe is because there's a lot of tutorials out there in terms of how to make a classic shoe um, as opposed to an original design, which is a little bit harder once you if you don't understand the steps. Um, and I failed many times. Um, there's many shoes I made that definitely I can't get into or they're not walkable, but over time you understand a lot and you become better um and there's a box of failed experiments that is larger than i would want it to be but it's also a box of unfailed experiments because they taught me a lot of things so that was a long-winded answer but that's how i got into shoemaking that's that's interesting so because i've never made a shoe what what are the just i'm curious what are the basics that make up a shoe that you would have to learn yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, I should have gotten some stuff down with me um, because we make the shoes in the attic. The first step you have to have a, it's called a shoe last. Think of it as if the inside of your shoe would have a mold in it that goes into every corner, that's what the shoe last is. And you have to have that because everything is constructed on top of it. Um, so you start with a shoe last and that obviously gives the different shape to the shoe. So if you have a pointier shoe, your shoe mm -hmm. last is going to be pointier. If you have a heeled shoe, the shoe last is going to be on an arch. Um, if you have a derby, it will be a derby last. If it's a boot, it's a boot last and so forth. Um, in the UK, there's only one company left that still makes them. Um, across the world, there are obviously a few, but yeah, in the in the UK, there's, there's only one left and hopefully they're going to be around for a long time. Um, and then classically, you start making a pattern. So I would apply actually masking tape on the last. And once you apply enough masking tape, and overlayer it so it actually becomes a solid block of masking tape you start drawing your pattern um, and obviously if you're making a classic shoe sometimes you find patterns online as well because it's a classic shape but if you want to do something original you have to kind of start drawings like where does it start where does it end where do i put the seam where do i put the zipper do i put a zipper um and then you take the masking tape off and start doing your patterns on a big cardboard basically um, you would cut everything out of your different materials, whatever you're using. Um, you would cut out things like a heel counter and a toe puff. These are the rigid areas around your heel and your toe area, because otherwise your shoes are going to be flaky and you're not going to be able to walk in them, as I learned, because the first time I made them, I didn't put them in. Um, <laughs> And then obviously you have things like soles or heels. Um, and I like to do my heels from scratch. So I don't purchase them, I actually make them. Um, so there's a lot of different components depending on the type of shoe you make as well. Wow, that's, that's actually fascinating, right? That um, there's so many things that go into it. And, and much like what we do, because you and I work in IT, much like what we do in our day job, there's the trial and error 
and learning experiment. Almost like it's almost like an agile, right? You know, at the end of it, review. It's 100% engineering in the sense of you first deconstruct it, find out how it works, try putting it together, experiment, iterate, fail, do it again, and improve upon it. Um, and it's funny because a, a common friend of ours, Donna Sarkar, talks about this in her fashion line, but it is engineering and it is like IT. It's the same kind of principle uh, around it. Wow. So, so you've been doing this a little while. What, what have you, I mean, what about this, um, would you say is making you a better person, this experience of this passion project you have? It's, there's a couple of things and some of them I might have expected and some of them I definitely not expect. <laughs> um, one, the one that I expected, it's a really great outlet because I work in IT and, you know, it's usually a lot of brain power that I consume during the day. I needed something to switch that up. So something manual that helps me kind of switch that part of my brain off and engages another one, which is more the creativity, more the manual, and just the physical exercise actually of like banging a nail into the shoe or fighting to get the shoe out of the last or whatever. It's it's really therapeutic. I think, especially as I started doing COVID and lockdown, having that outlet was for me a way of keeping balance in terms of mental health and work and everything that was happening around all of us. And I think that's the that's the one you expect because it gives you just a different outlet. And it does trigger um, creativity in ways that you don't necessarily employ in your day job, which I think is also very important. Mm. Um, so, but then the unexpected one, one of the things that I've struggled with my whole life, I'm a perfectionist. And that's something that can hold me down at times because, you know, afraid, being afraid of failing very transparently and just those perfectionist tendencies. Um, and in day job, it's hard sometimes to overcome that because your income is tied to it. You know, sometimes your sense of self is very much tied to the job. I'm not saying that's right, but this is definitely in my case, yeah. something I'm working on. And by doing shoes, it, it didn't feel pressurized environment it was something that I wanted to do but it wasn't pressurized so by being able to fail constantly in my passion I was able to develop a muscle that gets more comfortable at failing I'm not saying I'm that there I'm like oh wow I'm breathing now for no but I'm more open to the possibility of it. And I'm more open to taking risks because I understand that without it, you're not actually growing. And without it, you're not able to learn and get better at what you want to get. So I try to get that perspective that shoemaking gave me and kind of bring it back into everything else in my life. Wow. So what's next for your, for your side business, right? It's, it is a business, right? So what, what's next? How's that going? I, I think I saw on your website, did you just launch a new uh, a new line or something? Yeah, and for me, it's, it's low fashion in the sense of I do things as they come in and I don't have a pressure of like, oh, I have to make this many collections a year or um, I think, I'm, well, I can tell you about the project I'm working on right now and I can tell you what I'm doing next. I'm working with a bride to make a pair of shoes for her wedding, which is something I'm incredibly nervous about because hello pressure, they better be 
perfect. Um, but it's really cool because she's somebody with a disability who reached out to me because she has a disability and knows that I work in accessibility. And obviously that's just something that I'm super passionate about. Um, so I'm kind of pinching myself because I'm so excited to make her the perfect pair of shoes. So that's something that I'm working on at the moment. In terms of what's next, Yes, I launched a new collection, but it's also about what else I'm going to put in that collection that makes sense. And I mentioned this to you a while back. It's also how I built more things that are disability friendly in my shoes. And I'm discussing with people and kind of trying to take input. Um, and I'm learning a lot from things like, you know, the weight of the shoes, the, the different elements that they might have, the materials I'm using, the type of seams they might have. Um, so that's definitely something that I want to continue working on because I'm more at the research stage and I think I need to get over my imposter and just get doing with some of those things. But because I work in accessibility, it's especially daunting because I it, it just feels like I'm so passionate about this. I don't want to fail. Um, see, failing again. Um, but yeah, that's definitely next on the list. Wow. Well, I'm so excited and I can't wait to, to see what you do. I can't wait to touch base with you and hear how that uh, the, the, the bride shoes came out in the end. And for her special day. And I'm um, so happy to have talked with you today. Thank you for joining me. Absolutely. And thank you for having me. And I'm looking forward to all your guests on this topic because it's really cool.